Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. And on today's show, we're going to recap the Badgers' huge first-round win over the North Carolina Tar Heels. Really, uh, I think probably the best this team has played all season long when it mattered most. Just came out and, and played unbelievably well against North Carolina. So we'll recap all of that, and then we'll get into a preview with Baylor because now it is official. Wisconsin will take on the Baylor Bears, the number one seed, uh, at 140 on CBS on Sunday afternoon. So it should be a fun contest for them as they look to pull off the upset, and uh, hopefully they can keep playing the way they did as well. We've got some other news to touch on in the end, so it should be a nice, fun little podcast for you guys to recap everything that was Saturday evening and get you ready for uh, the Badgers second round game against the Baylor Bears. Matt, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. It's it's much easier to have these conversations when we're talking about a Badger dub con- compared to um, a loss. So I think overall that game was about as good as you could ask from this team. And, and I, I think fans have every right to be really excited about what they saw from this senior-laden squad in what many thought could have been their last game if they hadn't have played as well as they did. Yeah, I think it was really just a breath of fresh air. You know, we've talked about it. We've talked about a full 40 minutes from this team time and time again, just expecting it. You knew they had it in them. You know, it's it's not like this team hasn't won a lot of you know basketball games before or played well before. You talk about last season, we, we've mentioned that, that run they got on this time last year coming into what was supposed to be the NCAA tournament. You knew this team has capabilities to, to win basketball games and play like that. It just hadn't happened yet. Really, all season long, the, they played okay that early in the season, that the Loyola win, the Louisville win. Um, but really, this was uh, about as well as this team could have played. They had the energy. They were making shots. They rebounded extremely well. That was the big concern, and, and they did a great job about that. So it, it was just a nice, I think, breath of fresh air, a nice sense of relief, and I think it pulled a lot of people back in. I know myself, I was thinking they would win this game, but I didn't think we, we'd see a performance like that. I kind of thought it would be a grinded out, kind of ugly win that we've seen time and time again. But the Badgers just came out and, and throttled the uh, North Carolina team that has a lot of talent, you know, guys that will play at the next level. It's just, uh, you know, the Badgers, just that experience and, and playing that well just came out and, and took it to them. Yeah, it was it was dominant, and, and that was really the thing that stood out is I thought front course – Front court wise, I thought Micah Potter played exceptionally well. He was plus 28 on the game, um, did some really nice things uh, in the rebounding department, blocking out. Nate Reavers put together one of his better games. Um, it, holistically, he, he wasn't anything spectacular on the offensive end, but at the same time, he grabbed five boards. They combined for seven blocks. I think one of those should have probably gone to Jonathan Davis, but really, they they held their own against the the multiple seven footers that UNC threw at them, and then you saw the Wisconsin backcourt play exceptionally well and carry the scare, scoring load. Dimitri Trice pouring in twenty one points, uh, five rebounds, three assists. Brad Davidson shot ph- phenomenally well uh, with twenty nine points, five of seven from three, and that kid's peaking at the right time. You look at really his last couple games, I, I would say the last four. 
Uh, he, he's been a very different player than what we've seen all year. For the season, he's still shooting 30, 30% from the floor, but over his last four games, he's shooting really, really well and shooting over 50%. And so I think you saw this game, you're seeing what how he's playing, and he's Greg Gard calls him the heartbeat of the team. Uh, I, I take that back. He was three of seven against Penn State and Iowa, but that's still good enough to, to get you where you want to, um, especially if he's hitting – uh, really well from three, but he is playing really good basketball right now. And if those two guards can continue to hit shots, shoot really well, and the front court can hold their own, Wisconsin's in a really good spot here. I don't know if they're going to be able to beat Baylor, and I know we're going to talk about that in a second, but really you look at it and they put together a complete game. And that's something that has been lacking all season long for them to be able to come out fiery in the first half, play with a lot of energy, be the aggressors from for the full 40 minutes was was a beautiful sight to see because we've seen a lot of tough basketball this year and a team that hasn't always shown that they wanted to be in it, but they definitely showed it against a, a UNC team that had been pretty good all season long. Yeah, it was really it was an, it was a welcome sight for sure. I mean, you, when we talked about this game, I mean, we've talked about Brad Davis and throughout the season that he is kind of the the thing that holds it all together when he's scoring. I mean, nobody expected a 29-point outburst from him, but if he's scoring, you know, over 10, you know, we talked about it. When then when he scores consistently and scores double digits, you know, 10, 15, sometimes 20, this team is is much better because you're getting that production from that shooting guard position that you rely on so much. Of course, Demetri Trice is usually a guy that will get his as well. 21 was a big output from him, but then, you know, the last episode, we kind of talked about it. Nate Reavers really didn't have to do a ton on the offensive end. Putting in seven points is great, but what he needed to do was was play quality defense and, and do a good job on the board, and, and I think he really did that. Both him and Potter rose to the challenge. We've, I think you look back at the season, you know, going against the Coburns, the Garges, the Hunter Dickinsons, I think certainly helped them in that regard. Both of them have been better later on in this season, trying to just hold their own against some of those bigs, and then they came out against North Carolina and played guys that are you know, maybe not as talented in terms of just raw t- talent on the basketball court, but still the size is there. You know, they're not Luka Garza's of the world, but they're still pretty good, solid players at a solid Division One program. And, and Michael Potter and Nate Reavers did a great job. So it was really a collective effort from everybody, from you know the starters, even the bench guys got in and knocked down some shots. So it was a, a really a nice sight to see. You, want, you didn't want to see these guys go out the way they'd been playing these last few weeks and for them to – to come out and, and really take it to them, and I think get them some energy and some momentum going into this Baylor game is, is really important. Yeah, and, and a key thing here is Wisconsin shot the ball just so well. Shot over 50% from the floor, nearly 50% from three, and, and also hit their free throws. And they took advantage of North Carolina's turnovers. They had 13 points off turnovers, and they didn't have any of those long lapses where they couldn't score. And that is so huge for this team because we've seen the the routine three, four-minute scoring droughts that really have hurt this team um, throughout the season. But, but again, in this game, they had one two-minute scoring drought, and that was it. And it lasted only two minutes. And from there, they finished strong. They finished the game on a 13-2 run over the past four and a half minutes, and North Carolina had a thir- three-and-a-half-minute scoring drought. That is how you win basketball games. By that point, the game was already um, in hand. But this was a team that didn't take their foot off the gas. And that has been something that has hurt them. I, you look back at they nearly collapsed um, 
a couple times this season. They have fully collapsed in other games, um, most most notably that recent Iowa game. So for them to to show that hey, we we are experienced, we are the 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 better team in this, and to to put that on full display and and shock people by by dropping a 23-point victory was was awesome to see. And I, I think you look at it, some of these guys had never won a tournament game. Uh, there was, Dimitri Trice and um, as as well as Aleem Ford were on a team that won some, but they didn't really play much. Um, but everybody else, that was their first tournament win in in the NCAA tournament. So it's an awesome moment for them. And it's big because they were able to bring up the bench squad late in the game and get some of those guys a chance to play, which which I'm sure is a dream come true for a lot of these guys as a freshman or young underclassmen in general. Yeah, that was awesome to see. You know, you know, when you're playing that well and you're winning by that much, if you're getting your your your, your secondary bench mob in there to to get some shots up and, and play quality minutes, that means you played well as a starter. And uh, it, they just really took it to North Carolina throughout that game. You know, you talked about the the scoring lapses. It just didn't happen. It felt like maybe, you know, they go into halftime up 16. You thought, of course, this team throughout the season has had, coming out in that second half, a little bit of lapse. It, it seemed like it for just the second where North Carolina kind of came out with a flurry. But, thank you know, I think this battle-tested team that has played in a strong conference, and I know we'll talk about maybe the Big Ten here in a sec, didn't necessarily have a great day, but... I think playing those tough games throughout the season really helped them that they didn't need, seem to get tight or, or nervous like they have in, in games past. They just kind of kept going. Obviously, it helps when you're knocking down shots. And then right when it seemed like North Carolina was about to make a run, it seemed like the Badgers knocked down two or three shots in a row, and, and all of a sudden it was back to, to being a comfortable lead. So I think really across the board, this team played exceptionally well. Everybody did their job. Um, you, you saw what this team is capable of, and now it just is a matter of, of carrying that over and keeping that same energy against Baylor. I don't know if you're going to necessarily shoot as well, but if you can shoot even remotely close to that, I mean, they seem to be making everything. You know, 85 points for Wisconsin is, is quite uh, an outburst that way. So it's going to be interesting to see, but if they play with that energy and that tenacity throughout for the full 40 minutes, Baylor is going to get uh, everything they can handle uh, from the Wisconsin Badgers. Oh, for sure. And I, I, like you mentioned, I doubt Wisconsin's going to average, average 1.3 points per possession. That's, that's silly, silly land. And they're, and they played so well. Um, but it was, it was awesome to see a complete team effort from across the board. Um, of the starters, I think the only guy who really didn't have the game that I think he would have liked to was Tyler Wall. But you also saw a young kid in, I think Stephen Crawl, he played three minutes, but he played really well in those three minutes. Um, what the team was plus three when he was out there, and he had two big offensive rebounds, rebounds and an assist that went out for a three. So he played really well in a game that he could have easily looked overwhelmed. He he, it, it seemed like he had been in the rotation all season long, even though he hadn't really played for some time. So I think a lot of a lot of positives come from this game, and and really it gives people a lot of hope going into a game against Baylor that's going to be really tough. But hey. Wisconsin, in recent history, has taken down a one as an 8-9 seed So um, against Villanova back in 2017. So I, I think there's there's hope, and this team is peaking at the right time. Granted, it's one game, but at the same time, there's so much momentum in in, in the bubble, and Wisconsin is used to playing in Mackey, whether, whether they're normally winning or not. They, they're used to the environment, and a, a team like UNC – 
they're, they're young. They're going into it. Baylor's got a lot of experience, play a lot of really good guards. But I think Wisconsin, if they can continue to shoot the ball well, can hang with anybody. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned Tyler Wall because there was a couple possessions on the defensive end where that kid, you maybe if you didn't pay close attention to it, um, you know he was working and working and working. You saw him trying to front in the post a couple times with those bigs. So he may have not had the game he wanted, but I, I applaud him for his effort because there were a couple times where he was just exhausting himself down on the, on the block trying to stay in front of them. But yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think as we kind of get shift this into the Baylor part of the conversation, I think this team, if they play that way and maybe catch Baylor. I don't think you'll catch them napping at all. You know, they've had enough down the stretch of this season where they haven't played their best basketball to know that they've got to come out and play well, especially when you're playing a team like Wisconsin. Look, I know the Badgers have not played well this season, but for the most part, a lot of teams, when you see the Badgers, you see, uh, I don't, a lot of teams don't want to play Wisconsin in these type of games. The Badgers just do, similar to Syracuse, they do what they want to do and they kind of force you to play that way the slow, methodical pace. You know, Syracuse in that 2-3 zone last night really shut down San Diego State. When you have a style of basketball that is is different from what a majority of college basketball plays, and if you're able to you know, work that way into the game and control the pace, Wisconsin can be a team, especially, you know, of course hitting shots and rebounding, all of that is, is part of it, but Wisconsin can just get you with their, their style of play that way. So it's going to be interesting to see how Baylor handles that. And Additionally, the the Bears, they played pretty well in their opening round game. It was a little bit of a slow start, and they were taking on a, a 16 seed that they were much more talented than. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they come out and, and start against a team that uh, has a lot of experience and, and played a lot of basketball that you have on this Wisconsin squad. Yeah, for sure. And and you look at it, Baylor plays really good defense. So it's going to be important that the Wisconsin doesn't allow themselves to get sped up by Baylor and to do a good job of keeping control of the ball. Seven turnovers against UNC, that was a big moment. Wisconsin took advantage of of ten turnovers by North Carolina. They can't give Baylor extra possessions in this game. Wisconsin has the advantage down low. I think uh, Micah Potter is the best big in this game. Um, However, Baylor's got some really good guards, and they throw waves of guards at you. Um, their top four scorers are all going to be guards, and, and they're, they're active. They're very active guards who can shoot the ball really well. So I think the, the main thing here is going to be Wisconsin's defense on those guards and making sure that they're trying to, to dictate tempo and be the aggressor. Do not let Baylor be the team that controls everything from the tip because Wisconsin did such a good job against North Carolina of that. You can't then um, – get back into a, a passive mode against a team who's going to be very aggressive and very much in your face. Exactly. You you don't want to let this team control uh, the tempo, and that's why I think it's going to be so fascinating in terms of battle because Baylor's played a, a tough Big 12 schedule similar to, to Wisconsin's played a, a tough Big 10 schedule, so they'll definitely be tested in that regard. But uh, I'm interested to see how this game, kind of, the flow of this game, how it goes, where – if Wisconsin can cannot fall victim to trying and getting out and running because you're not going to outrun Baylor. If, if you're running and they're kicking it out and knocking down threes the way they have all season, you know, like we talked about a little bit last episode, they shoot the three ball better than anyone. I know they didn't shoot it particularly well, 33% against Hartford, 11 for 33. But you saw that they're willing to take the three. So if you get out and run and they're allowed to just chuck those up uh, without a hand in the face, it's going to be a tough test for Wisconsin. So, I think the flow, the pace of the game, if Wisconsin can, I don't want to say muck it up because it's their style of play, that's how they like to play, but slow it down. 
in the half court versus out in transition. Um, like this Baylor team likes to get out and run and, and kick it to the wings and, and knock down threes. I think I think the Badgers have a chance to hang around there. So uh, I know Baylor's talented. I know they played through all throughout the season, but once again, they haven't looked like the team that we saw from Baylor early in the season. And if Wisconsin can avoid the buzzsaw, you know, all of a sudden Baylor could wake up and, and it's going to be a really tough test. But if Wisconsin catches them kind of in the in the new Baylor that we've seen these last few weeks, I think they've got a shot, and, and it's all going to start with. I think the flow of this game a little bit. Yeah, definitely. The flow is going to be the most important thing to watch. Um, the the other main thing is Baylor's going to get theirs at times. They're going to take scoring mm-hmm. runs. That, that's just how they play. They're a streaky team that can that, that can make buckets and waves. But it's about responding once that happens and kind of punching right back. And this Wisconsin team has at times allowed uh, things to snowball. And they can't in this game. This has to be, okay, we're going to call a timeout. We're going to regather ourselves, and we're going to respond here. So Wisconsin needs to stay away from those extended, extended scoring droughts and make sure to to limit the runs that Baylor goes on because that's how they score. That's how they win. Is It's not based off of, okay, where we're going to steadily go down and chip away at you. It's, nope, we're going to drop 13 in about a minute and a half on you out of nowhere, and then you're going to be – run into the bench on a timeout. So Wisconsin needs to understand that, slow the game down, make sure that you're playing your game and not allowing Baylor to, to play theirs. That's, that's what it's going to come down to. I totally agree with you. Flow is going to be the biggest thing. Yeah, I think that's going to be super important. And then kind of going off of that, I think, you know, coming into this UNC game, Wisconsin was, you had the, the experience factor for Wisconsin as part of it. I don't necessarily think you're going to have that with Baylor. I mean, you look at the guys that they play, juniors and seniors, the three best players, you know, two of them are juniors and one's a senior. So you're not going to catch this team, you know, not knowing that they're in a test. So it's going to be, like you mentioned, it's going to be uh, like a 12-round fight. It's going to come where Baylor's going to come out and and knock down some shots. Can Wisconsin respond to taking that punch and keep that going and punch back? I think this team can, especially if they're shooting the way they had, but it's going to take – them staying poised and not uh, getting down and trying to do too much. I think sometimes we've seen Wisconsin, when they get in that way, they try to be iso ball, they try to pass it around, they try to hit that big shot. It doesn't have to be that. If they fall behind a little bit, just claw back, you know, get those possession by possession and uh, and get yourself back into it. So I, I think it's going to be a fascinating game. I know you want to avoid the one seed, but sometimes that's the that 8-9 game. You get your shot at the – not the champ, but you get your top shot at the top seed – early on and just take it and hopefully you can you run with it a little bit that way versus, you know, if they were to catch a, a top seed the following weekend, they get days to pre- prepare for it versus now you're just going to come out and, and have to play a game against Baylor really on short notice. But on the flip side, they don't get as ton of time to prep for you as, uh, as you would in, in the next round that way. So it works out that way. In terms of matchups, I know you mentioned you think in the front court, Wisconsin kind of has the advantage. I'd agree with you. How do you think Wisconsin's guards are going to match up with the likes of Butler, Macy O.T., Davion Mitchell, guys that have played really strong throughout this uh, entire season? I, I think that's going to be just so crucial. Brad Davison, Dimitri Trice, Jonathan Davis, those, those three are going to have to play really well. Uh, Trevor Anderson's going to have to slow it way down against this team because sometimes he gets a little haphazard when he puts his head down. And, and Baylor is seventh in the nation in steals with 9.2 a game, which is an absurd rate. But, but I think the big thing is on the defensive end, 
don't let those guys flash to the basket. They are they are really good at not only getting to the rim, but then kicking it out to each other and hitting threes. They lead the nation in three-point percentage. They they are fourth in the nation in points per game. They're a reason they're a number one seed, and the reason is the, that guard play. Baylor relies on those guys to, to do a little bit of everything for them. They are hyper-aggressive on both ends of the court, and Wisconsin needs to take advantage of that um, by trying to do some of the back doors that we saw against North Carolina work so well. That get get mm-hmm. Baylor pressing, trying to get on you, hit them with a backdoor cut, and, and take their aggressiveness and slow them slow them down a little bit from that. So I think it's going to be big to watch that. I don't know exactly how they're going to match up um, personnel-wise, uh, who is exactly going to be guarding who, um, but I, I would imagine that Jonathan Davis is going to play a lot of minutes, assuming he doesn't get in foul trouble, because I think the quickness of these four guards that they have, and really it goes beyond the main four, um, requires them to be playing three guards routinely this game. And I don't know how um, Aline Ford, Tyler Wall are going to necessarily match up against some of those guys. So I would imagine Wisconsin will play small at times here. But but really, the defensive effort from the Badgers is going to be so crucial here to try to not only close out on jump shooters, but make sure that they're not getting through the lane playing help defense here is going to be big. Yeah, it's going to be, I think, fascinating across the board. The matchups that you're going to see, the, the tempo, everything that uh, that is going to test this game is really going to be um, for both sides. You know, I think Wisconsin's got some things that they can do well and take advantage of, and Baylor does as well. So I, I think in terms of a second-round matchup, this is really going to be a fun one to watch, um, and especially if Wisconsin plays the way they had that way. There's you know, Baylor's got a ton of good shooters. They've got guys beyond just the guards as well. Their bigs are okay. Matthew Myers, a guy that, you know, at 6'9", as a forward, can stretch it out. So it's really going to be, like I said, I think it's going to be a 12-round fight. There's going to be runs for both teams. That's the way the tournament kind of goes is can you withstand the runs? Can you keep yourself poised and calm and collected to the punch back that way? So it's going to be uh, a lot of fun, and I think Wisconsin's got a really good chance to to come out and, and play the way they want to, and, and possibly pull it off. You know, this experience matters when you're trying to play these big games. Baylor's got plenty of it, Wisconsin's got plenty of it, so it's going to be a really fun contest uh, to watch for. With that, you want to just make some predictions. What are you thinking um, for uh, for this uh, second round matchup? Oh man, I <laughs> I don't know. I, I could see it going either way, and mm-hmm. I think that's the beauty of this. I before that North Carolina game. We both felt confident that the Badgers would win, but I don't think either of us were feeling very confident that the Badgers could shock Baylor. It depends on how they shoot. If Wisconsin shoots like they did against North Carolina, they could beat Baylor for sure, without a doubt. Um, but at, this, at the same time, I just I see some of the things that Baylor has, the guard play, that are usually such a huge indicator for tournament success and strong defense, and I just have a hard time seeing the Badgers shoot as well as they did against North Carolina, against Baylor. I want to be wrong, and I think there's a strong chance I might be wrong, but I'm going to go with Baylor in a, in a close one because I just think that Wisconsin has done so many good things this year. They've, they've played their best basketball when it mattered most here, but at the same time, I, I'm, I can't push away the, the other games that have happened that we've been covering. It's not like they didn't happen. So I, I'm going to, at this point, say that Wisconsin loses in a nail-biter, but at the same time, 
that's because of the other 30 games, this uh, other 29 games leading into the North Carolina game and not necessarily the game we just saw. If, if the team that they played against North Carolina comes out, I think they'll win. And I think that's, that's, there's no doubt about it in my mind. If they play that well, they're going to beat Baylor. But I just, at, I, I, it's a hard thing for me to say that the, that the first 29 games don't matter and that that was a mirage for me. <laughs> Sample size is very important when you're yes. talking about stuff like this. Yep. For sure. So I, I definitely agree with you. It's uh, If they play the way they did the other 29 games, you know, probably going to be a struggle. But if they play the way they did that uh, that first round game, I think they do pull off the upset that way. So it's going to come down to you know containing their guards, you know keeping the flow under control, and, and hitting shots. If they score 85 points against Baylor, yeah, I think they'll have a, a very good chance to win. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be, a, like I said, a 12-round fight. They're going to have to withstand a test. But I think Wisconsin's going to give them a good run, and, and maybe you cut a couple breaks that, that go your way. Uh, I think this team is going to um, have their shots. It's just a matter if, if they can fall and if they can take advantage of a crucial couple possessions. It's going to come down to a couple different ones that way. I don't think this is going to be a game in terms of scenarios where Baylor blows them out. I think it's going to be something where Wisconsin holds close. It's going to come down to, again, playing a full 40 minutes. We haven't seen that very much from this team outside of really <laughs> – the last night's contest, they, they did that. But if they don't do that again here, it's going to be the same results that we've seen early in the season. So I think everyone's excited. I think it, it definitely brought some fresh air and perspective that this team can do it. But we need to see it once again uh, against Baylor and, and not fall victim to the, the way they've played those previous ones. But uh, it should be a really fun contest. I'm looking forward to, to seeing what Wisconsin can do against these guys. Yeah, and, and really – we wanted to talk briefly about how the big how the Big Ten has fared so far just through one day, but you look at it and Wisconsin thought they'd have to go through two different Big Ten teams here to potentially get to a Final Four. If they get past Baylor, the South region is completely wide open after mm-hmm. both bit Purdue as well as um, Ohio State went down. You're looking at probably Arkansas, Texas Tech, and Villanova as the teams to really watch out for. Those are all teams that are very beatable. And I think the biggest test is obviously Baylor here, and that's the most important because nothing matters if you can't get past them. But it's it's something to, to keep an eye on because this Badger team can, can lean on their experience, and if they're playing as well as they are um, and keep that momentum going, look out. Yeah, and that's what I love. That's kind of like what I said earlier with that, uh, you know, with being the 8-9 seed. All of a sudden, the first day of March Madness gets some cra- some craziness, some chaos that way. All of a sudden, the, the field looks wide open, and, and you've got a shot to you know, knock out the champ right here and put yourself in a good spot. So it works out for Wisconsin that way. I, I think, you know, I know when we talked about it last week, we were kind of like, dang, you know, they got a 8-9 seed. But all of a sudden, you're in a part of the bracket where if you, you know, throw that knockout punch against, you know, uh, the the top heavyweight contender in Baylor, and you you knock them out. All of a sudden, you're in a position that you're you're going into that second weekend pretty strong. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Should be a lot of fun on the basketball end. All right, before we uh, let you guys go, I know we wanted to focus on basketball, but we also got some news to touch on as well. Um, anything you want to start with? You want to start with the football transfers? Else, we were, I know we were going to talk about uh, maybe some hockey as well, because I know Wisconsin's got a big one in the women's hockey department as well. So. Should be a lot to touch on before we head out of here. Well, here, I'll cover the, the transfer news, and you can cover the women's hockey, and there we'll we kind of check them both off. Um, but kind of lost in the shuffle last night of the Badger game, right before tip-off, Wisconsin football team actually landed a transfer commitment from Isaac Townsend, um, a kid who 
previously played at Oregon the past two seasons. Um, six foot five defensive end. He's kind of like that hybrid outside linebacker defensive end role. I, I think he weight wise and size wise, he's probably built best for a defensive end. I know he's been adding weight there. He was kind of stuck behind Tavon Kibido, um, who is a freak of nature and probably most people aren't going to be playing ahead of him. So I think seeing him come in high three-star kid out of high school, I think he's, adds a nice uh, skill set to the room for Ross Kalaji. Um And really, you look at everything going on in the depth chart, and it's it's kind of open for him with Loudermilk and Rand both out. Matt Henningsen's still injured. I still think Isaiah Mullins is a likely starter, but having another guy to potentially roll roll in there to go with a guy like Cade McDonald, some of the older, older guys, we don't know what's going on with Boyd Deedson, haven't heard his name in a while. And but Wisconsin usually uh, does well with with uh, transfer market from time to time, so hopefully they can hit with a kid like this who had – you look at his uh, recruiting profile coming out of high school, Boise State, Iowa State, Nebraska, Notre Dame, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, Washington State, all before committing early summer of his junior – after his junior year. So he probably would have added more offers. He's a, he's kind of a project. He's got a lot of raw materials to work at. If he can get enter fall camp at that 270-plus range, I think he's, he could immediately give them a boost, give them some playing time potentially. Um, but but really, I think it's a it's he's the type of high upside kid that you take a, a flyer on and hope that it pans out for you. Yeah, I think that uh, the, you know, the explanation that you gave of him makes a lot of sense for what Wisconsin was looking for in that transfer market. You look at that position, they certainly need some depth there. Um, you know, that I think you could you could really benefit from taking on a guy like him that uh, is maybe more of a project, but and maybe has some what ifs with him. That uh, if he's a if he's a solid player, comes in and shows that he is capable to be on the field at the collegiate level. Like you mentioned, he was just kind of stuck in his position on the depth chart at Oregon. Maybe you come over to Wisconsin where there isn't that you know freak of nature at the defensive end position for, for the Oregon Ducks. You don't necessarily have that for the Badgers. And, and maybe you can impact and, and show what he's got. So I think the move makes a lot of sense for Wisconsin to pick him up. I think it should benefit them uh, in a pretty strong way from a depth perspective. Of course, you don't really know what you're going to get, but you see that he's got the possibility, some tools to, to do some things for the Badgers. And, and it might work out where you've got a really solid defensive end and, and the kind of that hybrid position that you mentioned that could – give you some snaps next fall, and, and who knows where he'll be um, as he comes into spring camp and fall camp. That'll be a name to watch for at a position that you, you needed some depth. So I think for all parties, it should be a beneficial relationship, and hopefully it works out for the Badgers. Especially with four years of eligibility because mm-hmm. of the COVID waiver. waiver. He redshirted in 2019, didn't play a snap this past year. Um, I don't know the total story of why, but it's, it just seems like being behind Kayvon Thibodeau, he didn't come off the field. Uh, so that would be a, a fairly sizable reason. But then I, I think the, the major thing here as well is continuing to bring in these six foot five, 260, 270-pound guys who could kind of play standing up or with their hand in the dirt is fascinating to me because you look at how Jim Leonard has been recruiting defensive those that kind of edge profile and he fits it as a guy who could kind of give you some position versatility we've talked about tj bowlers in that kind of mold um as as well as um aaron witt both those that you're seeing a lot of that from the badgers and i I think 
that's a nice signal to, that Jim Leonard is probably looking to to do some fun and creative things up front with what he's with with what he's bringing in. So I'm excited for that. I, I'm excited to see what he can bring to the the team in the fall. Yeah, it should be an important position to watch for that spring fall practice. He's a guy to definitely keep uh, an eye on and, and see how his development works. I think he's got possibility to be a strong part of this Wisconsin defense in the future here. So. It was, and it was right before tip-off that it kind of got announced, so maybe some people missed it. But if not, if you did, uh, make sure to either listen here or, or go check out um, you know, his kind of player profile to get a good idea of, of who he is and, and what Isaac Townsend brings to the table that way. All right, next piece of news, Wisconsin women's hockey is going to the national championship. They just defeated Ohio State 4-2 to on Thursday night, so they'll advance and take on Northeastern in the finals. Um, going to be you know a fun game. Obviously, it's a, another national championship for really what is kind of the the dynasty powerhouse of Wisconsin women's hockey. That way, I was a, a nail biter in that uh, Frozen Four against Ohio State, but they were able to to get it done, and uh, hopefully they can keep that going against Northeastern. I know they're a top seed in the tournament as well, so it'll be a good test. But 6:30 Saturday night on ESPNU. I know a lot of us were tuned into. March Madness, but I think that'll be kind of appointment appointment television as the Badgers go for another national championship. So should be a lot of fun, and then we'll we'll keep an eye on there. And then the men's hockey as they get going, it'd be nice to see Wisconsin continue their dominance uh, in that regard. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be exciting. You know, Watts is a playmaker. Hopefully, she can she can propel them to victory. And then the volleyball team is also potentially right now scheduled to play on Sunday. I know they even made an announcement, pseudo announcement, basically saying that showing that they're playing. So we'll see. A lot of, lot of positive momentum in terms of the Wisconsin Athletics Department, um, in, including the wrestling team as well. Yeah, fingers crossed that they could uh, get that victory in or get a matchup in that way. I know Wisconsin fans are, are looking forward to Wisconsin volleyball being back on the court that way. So should be a fun weekend of Wisconsin athletics when you count in a, a national championship opportunity for women's hockey uh, you know, men's basketball playing, um, you know, a, a huge second round game against Baylor. So it should be a, a fun weekend for Badger fans, uh, you know, across the board that way. All right, guys, that kind of wraps up our episode. I know it's a little bit shorter, but uh, we wanted to just kind of, you know, work in this next episode. Um, we'll have another one out at some point this following week. We're recording this on Saturday morning and we'll have it out Saturday afternoon um, for that Sunday preview. And then we'll have another episode out next week uh, as well. Not sure quite on the dates uh, right now, but thank you guys as always for listening. Enjoy the fun weekend of Wisconsin athletics, and as always, on Wisconsin.